0: Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Two men. 15 minutes. Eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. His glory I will see. I will empty. Welcome to Text Talk. We've got a broadcast today, Acts 25, as we're going through the chapter here, highlighting the example of the Apostle Paul. Edwin, what is our reading for today?
1: We're going to read Acts chapter 25, verses 9 through 12. So a portion of what we read yesterday, again, going to talk a little bit about this appeal to Caesar, but here's what he says in the English Standard Version. But Festus, wishing to do the Jews a favor, said to Paul, Do you wish to go up to Jerusalem and there be tried on these charges before me? But Paul said, I am standing before Caesar's tribunal where I ought to be tried. To the Jews I have done no wrong, as you yourself know very well. If then I am a wrongdoer and have committed anything for which I deserve to die, I do not seek to escape death. But if there is nothing to their charges against me, no one can give me up to them. I appeal to Caesar. Then Festus, when he had conferred with his council, answered, To Caesar you have appealed, to Caesar you shall go. Citizenship has its privileges. Citizenship has its privileges. As a Roman citizen, he was able, one, to get out of a beating. Yep. Yep. Although a couple of weeks ago, Jackson pointed this out when he was still with us, there was another time that he waited until after the beating to bring up his citizenship. That's exactly right. So Paul doesn't deal with that the same way in every scenario. But here, uh, the citizenship says, hey, I'm a Roman. I'm a Roman citizen. Uh, I should be before the Roman tribunal. You, you know, we're not going to go, we're right. not going to take me back to Jerusalem. That's
0: right. I'm and- on a trip to Rome. And, uh, and, and, you know, the, the two years, two years waiting for the resolution of this uh, as, as a Roman citizen. And so that got uh, him, or delivered him, I should say, uh, from the attempted assassination a couple of years prior. Seems like something similar in the works here, and, and we just won't go down that path. So as a citizen of Rome, he is entitled to make his appeal to Caesar.
1: I have a Roman right. A Roman as right. As a Roman citizen to appeal to Caesar. And so he does. So, rights. Cit- right. Yeah. Rights and citizenship. We, we've done an episode before where we talked about this dual citizenship. I think the yeah. last time he appealed to his citizenship, we are dual citizens, citizens of the kingdom of heaven and citizens of whatever kingdom we're a part of here. So, let's certainly. I guess there's kind of two things I'm seeing here. Number one, the rights of that second citizenship that we have, and Mm -hmm. I emphasize that second citizenship because there is a primary one, which is
0: heaven. That's right. Christians first. Citizens of the kingdom of heaven. Christians first. Looks like you've got a passage in mind there. Well, the other aspect of this is, all right, as a citizen of the kingdom of heaven, as one who is a Christ follower what should be my attitude towards my earthly citizenship oh well that, you know whether i'm where i'm a citizen of rome as the apostle paul was uh, here i am a citizen of these united states where we're bro- broadcasting from uh, you know in an undisclosed location <laughs> <laughs> but this is a, a, I think very very timely conversation to have and some thoughts to present that uh, as citizens of whatever earthly nation how do I respect uh, the authorities over me, place over me by God? And the Apostle Paul is inspired to write to that in Romans 13. Well, that that was the second track I was thinking about. Yeah. I was thinking
1: on the one hand, there's the rights of the second citizenship. Then there's the responsibilities. Because one of the things Paul says, even in this trial is, hey, if I've done something worthy of death, I'm not trying to
0: escape it. That's a great point. I'm not saying that. Yeah. Show me the law that's broken and I will take whatever justice requires.
1: Which uh, I I think you're thinking about Romans 13, which
0: actually speaks to that. Are are, are you there right now? I am. I am. Why don't you go ahead and read that for us? Okay. So looking at Romans 13 and beginning in verse one, let every soul be subject to the governing authorities. But if you do evil, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain. For he is God's minister and avenger to execute wrath on him who practices evil. Therefore you must be subject, not only because of wrath, but also for conscience' sake. For because of this you pay taxes. For they are God's ministers attending continually to this very thing. Render therefore to all their due, taxes to whom taxes are due, customs to whom customs, Fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. I think you're right. This does, mm, I was about to say, play very well
1: to what we're going on, or what we're dealing with in today's milieu. But maybe it doesn't play very well because maybe it's the exact opposite from what a lot of people want to hear about how we should react. There's There's a really interesting context here. So not, I don't know some years before this letter was written to the Romans, Claudius had actually kicked all the Jews out of Rome. Yeah. And it was was essentially because there were these problems between the Jews and the Christians, but the Romans at that time in Rome couldn't tell the difference between the Jews and the Christians, and so Mm -hmm. they just kicked out the Jews. And the Jews have started trickling back in, and so now the Roman church is having some trouble between the Gentile Christians and the Jewish Christians that have started returning. And there's going to be over the next several years, maybe 10 years from the time this is written, where there's going to be these Jewish insurrections. Mm -hmm. There's going to be rebellions Mm -hmm. as they push back. Again, we're probably less than 10 years away from the, the rebellion that actually ultimately results in the destruction of Jerusalem. Yeah, yeah. And so as Paul is writing to these Christians, he probably here very specifically has in mind the Jewish Christians who would... Who would have that camaraderie with their Jewish brethren, even though they're Christians, they are also Jews. Correct. Who, who feel the political weight yeah. that all of their Jewish brethren feel and this hate from the Romans and probably want to
0: go along with them on some of this. And so this is challenged head on. Pay your taxes. Respect these authorities. Understand that God has placed government in our lives uh, really as a blessing, as a grace, because every good thing comes from God. And here we're being told that governing authorities come from God, that there is an intention and a design for these authorities to mete out a justice against evildoers up to and including the death penalty. Government does not bear the sword in vain. But then also to... um, uh, bring about praise for that which is good. And so if you want to not be afraid of the governing authorities, then then do what is right, and you will have praise from the same.
1: Now, here's what's interesting.
0: How well was Rome doing at all of that? Um, hmm. In which respect?
1: I mean, in any of that. Were they really doing good to those <laughs> who were doing good and, and only punishing? The, I mean, Paul is on trial before Rome. And the governing authorities are not being good to him. They're not they were not good to him. They're ultimately going to kill him. They That's weren't right. good to the Christians. They weren't. They really weren't fulfilling that role. And yet, what does Paul tell these Christians they're supposed to do? Respect it. Give honor to whom honor is due. He doesn't say, this is what government is supposed to do, but obviously Caesar stinks at this. <laughs> so we can disregard it. Correct. I mean, if, if your government was good then you'd have to do this but when government isn't doing what it's supposed to uh, then then we can disregard this and we can push against it and we can rebel and we can have insurrection and we can have social unrest and we can protest and we can riot and we can do all of those things but rome rome was worse at, the roman government was worse at all of this than any of us think our own government now is
0: so maybe a couple things here first yes the apostle paul is presenting god's ideal for government but he is also, second, pointing back to the source is God. And even if people have made a mess of it, God still is the one that has set it there, and it has a purpose that must be respected. If I could draw a uh, you know, parallel, maybe uh, something that we've talked about before. God had an anointed king of ancient Israel named Saul. Saul made a real mess of being the king and God-fearing leader of Israel. David was the next anointed king for Israel. And yet for a time there, David was not on the throne because Saul was still alive. There are opportunities as Saul chases David for David to kill Saul in a cave a couple of different times. David refused to raise his hand against the Lord's anointed. God would deal with him. I think similarly, uh, we are seeing here in Romans chapter 13, that even if the government is not all that God would have it to be, God has instated it. And so God is going to, we're going to have to trust God to deal with that. Our part is to respect it because of our citizenship and respect for God first. And that's going to play out in this other way towards an earthly government. So Paul
1: recognizes that the Roman government has been awful to the Jews. Paul recognizes that the Roman government has been and will be awful to the Christians. Mm. Uh, it's, he, he's not missing it. It's, no. he's, not, he's not blind to this. Yeah, He is talking about the ideal, and he knows that Rome is not living up to the ideal. But one of the things this points out to us is that our action about any social issue, any political issue, I get it. We're in a democracy today. We get to vote. That's kind of cool.
0: That, no, it is. I mean, wonderful. But— and a bit unique in all of human history. I like to point that out. God's plan has never been
1: that the way Christians react to what's going on in the social structures and social systems is through social, political, military means. His, re- Our action has always been get the gospel to the next person. Wherever God has given us opportunity, get the gospel to them That's what Paul is doing, and what Paul says in Romans 13 is as we're in the middle of all this, we submit to the governing authorities. We know there's an exception. Hmm. Acts chapter 5, isn't it, where Peter says, look, you've told me we're going to obey God rather than you. Mm -hmm. Okay, this was not Peter saying, I don't like this rule, so I'm not going to do it. This was Peter saying, you've asked me to do something that contradicts God's commands of me. I'm going to obey God when you contradict him. But other than that, and in, in fact, here's another passage. This is in Titus chapter three. And Titus was on the island of Crete. Mm-hmm. Crete has a terrible reputation, not only among Christians, but even among the first century world. Right. Okay, Cretan was not a good name then, just like it's not a good name now. They thought they were liars, they thought they were barbaric. Everybody thought that. The immorality was just intense. But when Paul writes to Titus about Christianity on Crete, he says in chapter 3, verse 1, "...remind them to be submissive to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one, to avoid quarreling, to be gentle, and to show perfect courtesy toward all people. Mm. For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others, and hating one another." yes, we're going to see people in government that are sinners. We're going to see people at work that are sinners. We're going to see people at school that are sinners. We're going to see people in our world that are sinners. What's our reaction supposed to be? It's not to try to overthrow that through some type of social protest, riot, politics. You know, look, I don't care whether we're talking about the racism we're trying to quell right now or abortion or homosexual marriage, whatever thing you want to put in there. God never had a plan that those things get conquered by casting votes. God never had a plan that those things get conquered by Christians protesting and rioting and marching on the capital of their country. God's plan for all of that to be defeated is for us to proclaim the gospel. Mm-hmm. And while we live in this world where it's going to be sinful and it's going to fall short of God's ideal at every level, yeah. Just as you and I fall short of God's ideal at our personal God's ideal at our personal, personal. level. Yeah. Uh, our job is this right here, submissive, obedient, ready for every good work, speak evil of no one.
0: Yeah.
1: I think I think there's a lot of falling short there. I know I've fallen short on that plenty of times. This is what we're called to do. And we see Paul doing that. It may feel like we've gotten far afield now that we've moved into Romans and to Titus, but we actually see Paul living that out in in the midst
0: of this trial. Correct. And all these trials and acts in this portion, I'm glad we could highlight that. Um, Hey, what have you been reading? Send us an email, Text talk at christiansmeethere.org, text talk at christiansmeethere.org. We're going to end this broadcast today with a prayer. Why don't you bow with me? Our great God and Father, Lord, we thank you. We thank you for this day, and we thank you for the avenue of prayer through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We lift up the rulers and those in authority in our own government in a trying time and a trying season. We pray, God, for wisdom and for righteous determinations to be made. But I pray, God, that every child of yours and every Christian might understand that because of our relationship with you through Christ and a citizenship in your kingdom now, it needs to be reflected in the way we discharge the responsibilities and citizenship of these earthly domains until your return. Father, help us to be faithful. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
1: Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians Who Meet on Livingston Avenue this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship.
0: You want some of that Bible bunker talk? Uh, that's fine. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> just, prepare, just
0: prepare me for it so okay. I know it's coming. <laughs> it All right.
1: Just let me know. Today I'm going to do something really funny.
0: Okay. Today, well, it could be funny. Could try be it.
1: Funny, I don't know. It could be funny. It's tough in this room by ourselves with not hearing people's reaction. <clears throat> I think it's funny. That'll either be really hilarious or everybody's going, what is that about?
0: Yeah. Well, if they saw our studio, of course, we don't have cameras, so they never will. But they would get that bunker thing. (laughs) Because, buddy, it's concrete and steel where we are. (laughs) All right.